Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 297. Yes, they're going quickly, folks. And I've got the immense pleasure, a really special guest, somebody that intellectually I think highly of, and I'm sure this is going to be an interesting discussion, and that's Chris Brogan. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers, Chris? Well, sure, and thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I I have been a how do I want to describe myself? Well, I, I'm a business advisor, mostly digital marketing, and I've been an author and a keynote speaker for the last bunch of years. Um, what I mostly talk about in some way or another is how do we use tech to drive a better human interaction? Uh, so no matter what the sort of fluff on the edges is, it's I'm looking for how do companies uh, use all these wonderful G-Wiz tools to make a better relationship, a better customer experience journey, and how do we, you know, how do you treat my mom better? That's really ultimately what I want most companies to do. Yeah, treating your mom is really, really well is important, actually. Uh, I think um, it's a good measure. Yeah, I do. Uh, um, Kim, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? To- I would love to. I am Kim Schivler. I'm a soft, soft skills instructor, and I also uh, do instructional design consulting. And I just love what Chris said about the mom effect because – a lot of my training is with people my mom's age, and I took my mom to Social Media Marketing World a couple of years ago just to inundate her into what the possibilities are for the future. So I love that. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thanks. And before we go into the discussion, I just want to quickly talk about our sponsor, one of our sponsors, who's really generous with their sponsorship of the WP Tonic Show, and that's Lifter LMS. And Lifter LMS is one of the premier WordPress plugins to help you build a membership learning management system that can effectively um, help you promote and sell your course, your training, whatever you're looking to help um, a specific group or community. And they also offer a discount. Um, The token is WP Tonic. You'll find the links on the WP Tonic website and in the show notes and just tell them through Twitter that you appreciate them sponsoring the show. It's really appreciated. Now, Chris, um, been reading some of your great latest posts. Um, I thought one that really resonated with me. It's time to rethink what people need to learn. Can you give a quick synopsis of the post and the main thing you were trying to put across in that post? You know, it, it almost ties into how the introduction fell out because one of the things I find in the world of business is that we are still kind of building everything as if we live in a factory system, as if we live in a system where there are the massive offices and massive office buildings everywhere uh, and where everything is done at very grand scale. And yet the three of us and or the majority of people we touch in any given day work in very small or modular businesses, or we have sort of a, a, uh, what do they call it? Like a portfolio style business where we have multiple different projects we're always working on. And I think that when we look at how we're teaching people 
what they need to learn for education and school and all that sort of thing. It's, it's strange to me where we're still spending our time. Part of this came down to an interesting discussion about should kids still need to learn Moby Dick uh, and or various classics? And I said, well, why? Because most people's answers are, are sort of tinged with emotion or tinged with sort of that sense of tradition. Um, whereas the lesson inside of a 600 plus page book could easily be explained in a four minute video or a 20 minute Netflix show or something. You know, the, the payload of what needs to be learned sometimes gets married to the, the transmission method. So for instance, many schools, especially in the United States, only now are having this argument that they should or should not continue teaching cursive handwriting. And, and, and people of a certain age are all saying, oh, this is terrible. What a shame. Why would they not? And I, because the answer is because we all have these candy bar rectangles of glass that convey our words to other people. And we may not need quite often the concept or the ability to write cursive. Cursive uh, served a purpose when hand printing was too slow. That's all it did. There's no other technological value to knowing it. So these kind of seeds, Jonathan, are what I, I'm looking at, but I'm, I think nothing should be sacred. I think we should be looking at it all to say what really has to happen to move business, life, society, systems forward, and why are we teaching the things we're teaching? Yeah, your article really resonated with me. Um, I don't want this show to be about me. It's about you, your ideas. But I think I've got to tell you this. The article really resonated with me because I suffer from moderate to severe dyslexia. Ah, yes. And, um, but um, I, the good thing about dyslexia is that I have very unique way of looking at things, which has great value. But as a child, uh, my um, I was punished quite severely for my lack of um, writing skill. Right. The, and mentally. And also belittled for my lack of spelling ability. Right. But, um, I think anybody that has a reasonable conversation with me would say that I'm interested in ideas, in knowledge, in the pursuit of reason. Um, so it kind of really resonated with because I think a lot of people get kind of stuck up with things in tradition and there's nothing wrong with tradition, but it's about what helps society move forward, progress, whatever you call that, really. Would you agree with that, Chris? Sir Richard Branson also shares your uh, dyslexia challenge and Sir Richard runs over 400 companies and plans to himself be in space in months, not years, um, and I, so I would say that it's probably likely to believe that some of the things we thought were a vast disability maybe aren't. And maybe what really has to happen is we need to learn about various new interfaces. Um, my son is a very highly functioning autistic child, yeah. highly functioning. So he is very smart, very uh, able to communicate and whatnot. But he, he, as most kids with autism do, he has sensory issues. He has uh, certain uh, social issues that are a hurdle. Um, he would very willingly leave the house without pants is kind of my joke. Um, but we also built a facial recognition computer together yesterday. So, you know, there's that. And I think that what, what should anyone take from this conversation, Jonathan and, and Kim? I think that what everyone should take is that 
it used to be we must do this. We must plug in the same way. Everyone must connect this way because that's how the factory built it. Well, the factory is us now. And so we can connect in whatever way that we can still find our way to the interaction we want to have. And that doesn't mean that we can all do our own thing because that's cacophony, but maybe we can find harmony uh, with uh, atypical methods instead of uh, the tried and true. Before I, follow, oh, sorry, before I um, let Kim ask a question, I've just got one other, um, it's a rather large question, I apologize. Um, it's linked to this article. Basically, we're in the 21st century. You know, obviously, education has become, um, how to put this succinctly, um, really quite crucial, a really social barrier for a lot of people to be able to express their abilities, um, especially in America and other countries. You know, universities seem in some ways to become more and more important as a, a way of allowing you to move forward. But there also there's forces that seem to be moving them as semi-irrelevant. Can you insight what's going on, Chris? So as someone who never completed his formal education at university, um, I've done okay for myself. Um, I would say that there are benefits to acquiring a traditional degree, but I would also say that there's a lot of times where the, um, you know, what turned me off finally uh, from finishing and completing my education was I was in a course where the stuff they were teaching was six or seven years old. And I was thinking, how in the universe is this going to help me go forward? It was especially technology material. And I thought, this is, this is crazy. And when I brought it up, they said, well, why don't you design your own courses and we'll make sure with you that this is the, the appropriate way to learn it. And I thought, so wait, so I'm going to pay you the same amount of money to teach myself. And that was the end. That was, you know, hey, thanks. I get that this is a business, but I'll catch you later. Um, so Jonathan, I would, I would sort of argue against that, but only because I think that we are in a, in a world now where opportunity and, and sort of where like a technocracy where our ideas, if we can execute them and acquire income and means from them, I don't think it matters as much. I mean, um, if you look behind me and what you see is the framing of a factory building. My home is a, a, a destroyed factory building and it's destroyed insofar as industry got smaller and smaller and smaller and outsourced to other parts of the world where that's all they can still do in some cases. But in this space, I create intellectual property. And in this space, I can re-engineer uh, marketing materials, content, entertainment, whatever. And so I think you, you've asked such a big question. I, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I apologize. It's ridiculous, really. But. It's okay. I'm not anti-college or anti-university. I am very anti-thinking that is the one true yeah. ring to rule them all. I think that anyone can play at the picnic if they brought a dish that anyone else wants to eat. Yeah, I think that's the, um, what's going on online around education and private course makers um, is interesting. Kim, have you got a question? Of course I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm so excited. I, I, I completely love where we're talking about what needs to be taught. And there's this part of me because I hated math and I became a technologist 
because I could take programming instead of calculus, uh, who loves to say that. Do we, however, is there a value? And, I, and I, I'm not a big believer, even though I come with a master's degree and had a family that believed that. I've changed my thinking a lot. Is there still a value, though, in teaching things like Moby Dick, et cetera, for the thinking skills, for the analytical skills? We're going to approach this because it's not that I come out of college with knowing everything I need to know, but I come out of high school or whatever with, with a analytical skill that I can take on to my next level. Is there value there? Spoken like a great instructional designer. Um, <laughs> That was the number one pushback to my blog post. That was the number one pushback was you're getting it all wrong, Chris. It has nothing to do with the white whale. It has to do with how do we extract value from that story? I pushed back and I said, okay, except that find a group full of 20 somethings who want to talk about, you know, ancient whaling practices. And so maybe let's go extract that value from the adventure time cartoon series or the last airbender anime or, you know, something vaguely within the milieu of people uh, uh, of a certain age. So I still argue against the, the target material, but I agree. Uh, and more so, I very strongly want to emphasize my only regret about not actually formally completing any particular college was I would love to have journalism skills that I don't have that are very basic rote skills I don't have uh, to be a little bit more, uh, to be better at sort of rounding a reportage out. I, I write from my opinion. I don't write a well-rounded piece. Um, I would love sociology training because uh, everything in the world changes, but human nature tends to be relatively the same. We just express it differently. So there are a bunch of, well, and think about programming. I would love to better understand what algorithms mean and are. Uh, reading the book Principles by Ray Dalio, he was doing algorithms with paper and pen. And so when computers came affordable, he was like, oh, and then he started making billions. He said, I wasn't really great at math, but I was really good at algorithms. And I thought, oh, I want to get good with algorithms. So I, I think, yes, I think there's some incredible skills that we can and should want to acquire. Um, I, th I think it's, it's when we separate the source, you know, the, 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 the ingredients list, let's say, or the, or the frame from the, the, the end product. Um, I, I'm a big fan of analogies. And a lot of times if I start down the road of analogy and someone doesn't get it, I throw the whole analogy in the trash and start again. That I think is what needed also to be taught is how to abstract one layer. That's all. Right, that's great. I think we go for our break, folks, and when we come back, we're going to continue this great discussion with Chris Brogan. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up-to-date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. We've had a great discussion with Chris Brogan. Um, on to another 
post that you've done recently. Um, customers don't want content. They want a better path. I thought that was an excellent post. Um, can you give us a quick synopsis what you were trying to get across in that one? I never try to be the 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 naysayer in these kinds of moments, but for every time people get really gee whiz about a technology or a, or a, a methodology, I think I'm always seeing it going, oh no, this is why we can't have nice things. You marketers, you, you're ruining it. And, you know, content marketers are now these people who come up with these incredible, like which Game of Thrones character are you attempts at marketing or, you know, seven ways that you're like a bagel and all this stuff. And all I'm thinking is if I'm sitting here trying to buy a new bed, my daughter's bed is atrocious. I went into her room to pull a plug out of the wall for her, put my knee on her bed and almost went to the floor. And I said, how come you didn't tell me? So I need to evaluate a bed. Am I going to go look to see which one of the bed companies has an incredible story about how funny Mariah Carey is? Or am I going to find the one that teaches me which bed might be great for my daughter? Right? So I think that content marketing is not bad. I think bad content marketing is bad. And and I'm out there trying to push the fact that there's so many humans uh, being pushed into chairs saying, go make me content slave uh, um, who are just creating it for the sake that I think that we now must reassess all this and, and really think through our customer experience journey, what will they really need? What materials will really be useful? And sure, we could be fun, but how are we going to deliver something that's going to give the customer their best chance of choosing us in their evaluation? Um, would you agree that a lot of this has, you know, consequence of being driven by Google and their um, seemingly like of long form articles? Um, is this really driven by SEO and the dominance of Google in the reality of business in 2018? I feel that companies that allow Google to dictate their marketing methods are doomed for very short term gain. I feel that the companies who we most talk about at events and we most wish to emulate are not working at the behest of Google and that they're, they're winning in spite of Google's rules. I think that what happens is that we, we folk um, tend to see other people tell us, this is what Google wants and you know they're the search engine. And so we kind of fall into step. But I mean, my gosh, anyone in this group who's watching this feel free to run your SEO against my site and realize what a stupid idiot I am. And I still make money and I still can pay for some, some lunches sometimes. And I'm not eating sawdust most days. Um, and I can tell you, I don't do anything at the behest of Google as much as I can help it, except mobile first, mobile, everything beyond that. As far as content goes, I, I think that as much as we keep trying to say that long form is important, I feel like humans aren't reading what they don't want to read. And so making much longer content of what they don't want to read is only pleasing a robot somewhere. I'm respectful of your time, Chris, and we said about 20 minutes. Are you okay to continue for, another, let's say, another 10? or do you? Want sure, to Let, let's, make it, let's make it work. Right, right, that's great. Um, Kim, have you got a question or comment? I have a lot. First, I, I really I want to thank you for my... For your feedback on mine and I'm with you I while I do believe that we should teach certain things to make people think I think cartoons are just as well as anything else I'm not saying we have to teach Moby Dick 
Um, in fact, in my days, back when I used to do stuff like that, I was known for doing things like putting Romeo and Juliet on the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, nice. I had to teach it, and it made it relevant. So I loved your thoughts there. When you, I, I, gosh, the new one, bad content isn't, you know, you know, bad reading isn't good for people, and I love that. Can you see a way that we can position this to people to actually, other than what you just said, see them break out of writing 1,500-word articles because someone told you Google wanted it is actually going to help your business? Because you always help. I, I always appreciate what you help businesses with. What would you tell a business who comes to me and says, my SEO guy said I have to write this 1,500-word article because that's what I need. How would you position it to them on really making it get to the next level, not about bad content marketing. I would really pr press my SEO guy to show me my revenue uh, as it applies to that or not. I would say that, you know, the number one statistic I look at in my business is uh, my wallet and also subscribers to my newsletter. And if those are working in an upwards trend, then I don't really care. You know, uh, someone said to me, do you know your Alexa rating is terrible? And I said, I didn't know that site still existed. Um, so, so sure. Okay. I said, it's really weird, but you know, I checked with my bank and they don't care what that rating is either. Um, you know, so I have that sort of response to that. You know, if someone is forcing you to write 1500 word articles for the website, go ahead and write them. I mean, whatever, who cares? Pay some monkey to do it, but that's not marketing. That's satisfying a search engine. And that's, to me, that's, that's like, you know, sure, maybe you need to mow the lawn, but that's not really trying to get someone over to the house and have a nice meal. So I think that what comes after, maybe it's yes and, like improv. Maybe it's, yeah, sure, write your 1,500-word article, but don't think that that makes a customer. You've got to walk through the customer journey. So to me, there's a really simple five-point way that I look at a customer's journey. It's awareness, evaluation, purchase, onboarding, and then retention or referral, right? That's the very five simple steps. So an event happens and then you have to have, you know, you, you think of your awareness. Oh crap, my tire popped. Who replaces tires? Uh, Sullivan tire. Okay. And then you go, you know, you start evaluating. So what's, well, Sullivan's like five miles away. There's a local guy, but I don't know the local guy. At least I know this is a bigger company. We evaluate, right? Third, purchase. How easy or hard is it to purchase? You know, you get to Sullivan Tire and they say, well, you got to fill out this form and that form. And we really need to run for this. And oh, by the way, it's going to take us a while to get your tire because it's not a very common tire. It's going to take us like five days. And you're like, this is just a tire. You know, I'm not trying to invent a spaceship here. That's purchase. Um, and then um, onboarding, how do you make me feel after I've put the money in? You know, here's the money. Now what happens? So great learning management systems are great at, you know, signing up the person and saying, here's module one. What happens if I don't do anything with module one? How nice is your email at pestering me to say, yeah, I know you logged in. I don't see you actually did anything. What can I do to make that better for you? Here's a little video. This is where most people start. Here's what happens when you buy a course and you don't do anything with it. I'm just like you, right? That's that. So to me, and then last is retention and referral. How do I keep you with my system or product or whatever? Or how do I earn a referral 
for the quality of the work I just did. I have been raving about this company that just got my passport to me super, super fast because I made a mistake and let it expire. The company's called rushmypassport.com. I'm not making a dime from them. Their website is ugly. Their marketing is ugly. The best thing they have is an insane customer experience journey. They tell me every single step of the way, hey, Chris, here's where you are in the process. Here's where you are now in the process. We haven't heard this part yet. We're waiting. Oh, nope, here it is. Now we're ready. Um, I, I was so aware the whole time. They communicated the whole time. I felt no discomfort. I forgot to send them a check that they were going to give to the federal government on my behest. I call them in a panic. Ah, they're like, happens three times already today, sir. Don't even worry. Can you give us a credit card over the phone? We'll just go get the money down the street. All handled. I, no problem, right? That's marketing. Not your 1,500 words on a website. Their website is the ugliest website I've ever seen, full of stock photos of random white people I don't know. It's not interesting at all. It's the dumbest thing I've ever looked at. But their service, I'm raving about it to WP Tonic, right? So that is marketing. So my answer to your question, that was the longest answer ever, write the 1,500 words if the boss tells you to write it, but then go do marketing because that's not marketing. Thanks for that, Chris. You put it really well um on to another story um another post customers don't want content oh we've done that one. Oh, we did that one we, we did, did that, one. that one yeah there's another one. Oh yeah quit your bullshit <laughs> 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 yeah they're kind of linked i can tell I, when i was reading this morning uh, re, uh, reintroducing me for my original read um what's this about then chris Jonathan, some days I should not be allowed to hone a computer. Um, there are days where someone should have like, you know, sort of like our current U.S. president, someone should come along and say, don't let this man touch this computer right now. Um, yeah, I get that's mad. That's his marketing plan though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I, it feels that way sometimes. I, I think there is just, you know, in, again, in this concept of a customer experience journey, I think there's just so many times where people, you know, phone it in. They, they don't quite do what they're supposed to do. They don't deliver on the promise. They don't just, you know, use the same old boring stuff. I'm just stunned by how many people's version of marketing is copy paste marketing. And I think that, you know, I have a post set up a uh, hidden page, sorry, on chrisbrogan.com called chrisbrogan.com slash roundups. So every single human that sends me a request to add my thoughts to their great roundup post gets that post. chrisbrogan.com slash roundups, read it for yourself. Um, it basically says, I think they're shit. Like, don't write these posts. They're terrible. And you're a lame, boring person for even trying. I say it marginally nicer than that, but not much nicer. And Jonathan, the reason is, Again, you know, I, the first time I ever heard this expression, uh, my buddy Chris said it to me, but when he said, this is why we can't have nice things, I think there is no more appropriate. I think all marketers should be branded with that, not tattooed. I think a burning physical pain brand in the lower back, like a tramp stamp, I think we should have that as a reminder for how bad human marketers can be to other humans. And so I just don't want people to write junk. I don't want them to write sameness because the other problem with other people's bullshit is it makes them more susceptible to ignoring my attempt to reach someone and try to be much more human with them. They're so jaded by the time they get to me that they, they're like, oh, sure, you care about me, you jerk. 
right? So I just can't abide that, Jonathan. So I'm, I'm just, at this point, I'm just trying to murder other marketers. So the water's a little bit more open for some of us who want to try harder. All right, I'm going to wrap it, wrap up. <laughs> what a good ending. All day, the all day part. I leave it to Chris' discretion if he wants to continue after the podcast for 10 minutes, but that's down to him. Um, but we're going to um, stop the audio part of the podcast the podcast part of the show if you really want to support the show folks um and so we can get really interesting guests like chris on the show um give us a, a review on itunes it really does help the show and speak out to our couple of sponsors that really helps through twitter whatever means you find to touch base with them chris how can people find more about you your thoughts your ideas and what you're up to if I haven't scared everyone away, Jonathan, I guess just swing by chrisbrogan.com. My biggest request is grab my newsletter because that's the easiest way to find out quickly if you feel like we have something in common and if I could be helpful. That's great. And Kim, how can people find out about what you're up to? You can find me at kimshivler.com and I read Chris's newsletter every week. So I recommend everybody get it. It's, it's fun. Let me say that. It's fun. It really is. We'll see you next week, folks, when we have somebody doing something interesting with WordPress or online in general. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.